Welcome to Oncology Data Advisor. Today we're here at the ASCO annual meeting and I'm joined by Barb Coons. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks for having us. Would you like to introduce yourself and share what your work and your research focus on? Yeah, um, my name is Barb Coons and I'm a genetic counselor with the U.S. Oncology Network and I was part of a study that the Antara sponsored that six of our practices um, that have genetics programs contributed information and um, data was collected on about 1,300 patients who had triple negative breast cancers. And our goal was to see how many of them had um, had uh, germline testing for BRCA1 and 2. Mm -hmm. And it was women who were 60 and younger because that used to be the guideline for that testing and now it's everyone with triple negative breast cancers. Right. So we were looking for the exact germline testing rate, but we also wanted to understand the social determinants of health that we saw in those that population of who got tested and who didn't get tested. Right. Um, so just for some background for this study, um, what is um what is some background about the impact of social determinants of health and why you decided to investigate it in this set? Well, so um, triple negative breast cancers are typically more dangerous cancers and because there are less types of treatments that you can use for them. Mm -hmm. uh, those breast cancers, you can't use, they don't have estrogen or progesterone receptors right. or HER2 receptors and so those kind of options aren't there. Also, um, then there is an underlying increased chance of inherited cancer in that population and so there's a lot of reasons why you'd want to look and see if those those people are being offered it for one if they needed treatment that could be guided by the result of that test that'd be one important reason or if they recurred and needed treatment to be guided by that that would be another reason and then Women, women who have an increased inherited risk for breast cancer also have a risk for other cancers, and so you want to guide their care going forward in the best way to prevent cancers and detect them early. And then lastly, if you find a hereditary cause for cancer, you want those individuals' relatives to be able to take advantage of that knowledge right. and prevent cancers and get better surveillance. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of reasons to focus on that population. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so how did you and your team go about designing the study and carrying it out? So this was a study that was done in collaboration with Antata, and so they had the ability to pull from our EMR mm -hmm. the data about identify these these uh, patients in, in a period of about four and a half years who'd had triple negative breast cancer. And we really wanted to understand what were the social determinants of health so that we can later target and, and increase rates if we found a discrepancy. Right. And our study was paired with another study that looked at triple negative breast cancers and looked at whether neoadjuvant chemo was done. And they didn't see a disparity, but we did find a disparity. So um, that's how we went about it. We have a subcommittee in our genetics um, uh, group, it's called the GREAT program, which is the collaboration across the practices. And we put forward this proposal because we really wanted to understand this population and how well we were serving them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so what are the results that you found? So we did find that um, overall the testing rates were, were very good. They were around 75%, uh, 74.4% overall, but we did see that in people who had women who were black, there were lower. It was about 67 percent, and 
that's concerning because it means that that population of patients who have a higher rate of triple negative breast cancer than white patients are not getting the, the care that they need. And we don't know enough about like, were they identified? Were they referred? Did they follow through if they were referred? Why did they choose not to test? Um, we also found that there was a difference in the insurance type in the population who got tested and not that, not surprisingly, that um, individuals who had private pay insurance had the highest rate of testing and self-pay was the lowest. And it was, and in between there was Medicaid and Medicare, but it was about 75 at, for, sell, for in, private insurance and 60% for self-pay. So that coverage of testing is also a really important piece um, and especially in a population who's burdened with a cancer diagnosis and has a lot of other costs, you know. Um, and there was a difference in age in the population who was tested and not tested, but it was only a few years difference. And then when they looked at the mean area of deprivation index for the population that was tested versus not, there was about a five point uh, difference in, in the score. So we are seeing those other pieces that relate to the area in which people you know, live, um, which gives us a, some sense of you know, lower income and other issues that contribute. So we really need to understand that better and hopefully address it. And, and one of the things I think about is, you know, we do better systematic approach to it across the practice to really make sure that we're following up. And I think there's going to be a lot of quality work that's done on the back end of this, of looking at those individuals and what happened. Definitely, yes. Um, so having these results and this knowledge, how do you recommend that it can be used to um, improve genetic testing in, in light of social determinants of health? Well, so for one, um, I think I think there's an effort across our, our network to do, like I said, some systemic approach, um, identifying and flagging individuals who have triple negative breast cancer at any age now that those are the guidelines to, to recommend to the providers that they don't overlook that option for patients. So better identification and then better, really better paths towards genetic services. when. We, when someone doesn't choose genetic testing, the question is how good an education did they get? Was it really an informed consent to decline testing or did they just say, no, I'm not interested? And providing good education and having a real good discussion about it in many studies has shown that that increases the use of genetic services. Um, and so I think there, there will be a, a work towards that. And, and then there's, I think there's some policy things that we tip, we really need to do, which is better coverage for genetic testing, and it varies in different populations, but it's important as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one last question I'll ask you. Um, since the theme of ASCO this year is partnering with patients, uh, which was discussed in the opening session today, what is your um, perspective as a genetic counselor on how this is important and how you can partner with patients? So um, genetic counselors, obviously since we're we're patient focused anyway, right? Um, we're always looking for organizations, advocacy organizations, and uh, groups that we can partner with. And, um, and even in, when we're with patients and we give results back within our network, we have resources that tie people into the advocacy organizations. So if, if I saw somebody and provided them with a result that we found a specific gene mutation, we could lead them to organizations that help them and support them mm -hmm. and and with resources so yes. we're very f patient focused <laughs> because yes <laughs>
great. Um, well, this is really great to hear. So thanks so much for stopping by to talk about. Thanks it. for having me on your show. <laughs> <laughs>